0: In 2016, what appears to be some sort of sea monster showed itself in the Thames River. What do you think it is? One thing is certain, some very terrifying creatures exist in our world, and I'm going to show them to you. You're watching Darkness Prevails, the best channel to share your creepy stories with the world, because this world is a strange one. Are people genuinely seeing the strange creatures that they report all over the world every single day? Or is everyone just crazy? Well, you be the judge as you enjoy the following 10 allegedly real monster sightings. If you want to hear your story in a future video, I'm looking for scary stories from Russia. Send them to me soon at darknessprevails.org slash submit or use my app at darknessprevails.org slash app. You can read and listen to thousands of stories with it as well. Now, let's get freaky. Oh, and let's try not to get eaten this time. Number one, Creature in the Canadian Mountains, submitted by Dirty Human Trash Bag. A few summers ago, my family decided to take a vacation to a quaint mountain village in Alberta, Canada, called Banff. The first couple of days were spent in town, visiting different museums, shopping, etc. One morning, we went to a breakfast diner that had different articles hanging on the walls. Intrigued, I looked closer at them. Most of the pieces were about the town's history, which seemed rather boring, but one of them really stood out to me. It was a story about how a pack of gigantic bears ran from out of the mountains without any probable reason. They didn't attack anyone and ignored people as they passed through. They didn't even really look at anyone. They just ran. When we were seated, my dad began asking the waitress questions about the article, but she just pushed it off and said that the event happened a long time ago. The next day, we packed our rental car to visit Banff National Park, which is a hiking trail that leads through the mountains. On our way there, a pack of elk strolled out of the forest and in front of our car, which was weird and quite amazing to see. Anyway, we were driving through the middle of nowhere on a steep mountain when we spotted a park ranger squatting down and glaring into the woods. We stopped our car, my dad rolled down his window, and asked what was going on. The ranger informed us that there was an injured female grizzly bear spotted there about an hour ago. He told us that one of her babies was found. Its skin had been torn off and was half eaten about a mile away. They knew the baby was hers because they either painted a streak on the fur or placed a tracker. I can't remember which. After having a short talk with the ranger, who refused to tell us anything else, we arrived at the trail. Before entering, my dad gave us a lecture on mountain safety. He made it very clear to always be with someone and never stray from the path. Because of my rebellious teenage brain, I ended up breaking both of the two most important rules. You see, I was starting to feel dizzy and nauseous from walking so long. So my parents told my brother to stay with me on a bench while they finished the trail. Above the bench we were sitting on, there were a few gigantic rocks that led up to a higher level in the mountain, if that makes any sense. I asked my brother if he wanted to climb the rocks with me to explore more of the mountain, but of course, he said no. I told him that I just wanted to climb up quickly, see what it looks like, and then come back down. Eventually, he gave in and gave me permission to go by myself. I began climbing. When I reached the top, It was mostly forest. There was no light, really, except for two small dots that I could just barely see in the distance. But when I saw those two small dots blink like eyes, my stomach dropped. They weren't dots of light. They were eyes, bright pink eyes. The body they were attached to made me shiver. The head resembled an elongated wolf's face with the antlers of a big horned sheep. The body looked like nothing I'd ever seen before. It was at the height of a very, very tall man and it looked like a malnourished wolf except for the arms which looked human. Almost, there was still something off about them. The entire creature was black and gray. The thing began to slowly tiptoe sideways towards me I was too scared at the time to speak or even move, so I just fell to my knees and tried to look past the creature. As soon as I changed positions, the creature made a strangely quiet clicking noise and dashed away. Apparently, I fainted from the dizziness of walking for hours on top of seeing that terror. Whenever my family asks what happened to me up there, I pretend like I forgot that I can't remember because I know that they would never believe me. I did a lot of research into that area, research trying to find out what I saw, but I couldn't find much. I couldn't even find the article that was in the diner. I have no idea what I saw that night, but I can bet you anything that that was what tore the skin from that baby grizzly. That was the thing that scared the bears out of the mountains. I would have run like heck too if that thing ever showed up again. Number two, The Creature on the Harburn Trail, submitted by JRG962. This took place back in 2017 I went on a walk on a former railway line, which ran from Birmingham, England, to a suburban town named Harburn. The place had a nice quiet feel to the area. I was exploring the old railway stations on the former railway, as I've always been fascinated by pre-Victorian and post-Victorian architecture. I was walking over old bridges, seeing old rail relics, which were interesting to me to photograph and research. To give a rough layout of the old railway, The original end of the line was in Harburn, along the route of the former railway was three stations. These were called Hagley Road Station, Roden Park Road, and Icknield Port Road Station. The line was single tracked and was a branch off the main Rugby Birmingham Stafford line. I was just finishing off my photo shoot of the former Roden Park Road Station and I made my way to the final station site on the trail. There was a woman and a German shepherd which walked onto the trail, but headed back to the north, and a jogger came past just as I began to walk down the trail towards an old overbridge, which carries a road over the old line. The houses were on embankments quite high off the trail, about 30 feet at least, and the bridge had no footpaths that could take anyone down to where I was, unless you went under it via the park on the other side. I went towards the old railway portal, when I suddenly felt like I was being watched. I turned around and nobody was there. I shrugged it off and continued until I felt once again a presence behind me. But once more I looked, only to see that I was alone. I thought I must be paranoid, so I continued. But then, I heard it, a thudding of footsteps coming from behind me. I turned quickly, and I saw the outline of a man, but something was off about him. He, or it, was covered in all black, and I saw no hands and no face. I began to walk faster until I was bolting toward the portal and made it out the other end. The portal is a pedestrian underpass, and you could see both sides clear front and back. As I entered the tunnel and eventually came out the other side, I saw the thing go into the tunnel, but nothing else happened. It seemed to vanish or hide. I waited a few minutes for movement, but nothing came of it. I continued on with my photos, and I later mentioned this to my parents. They did not believe me at first, but I mentioned it to a Facebook group. I was met with actual stories from other people about the trail having an eerie vibe to it and somebody even claimed to hear dogs barking from the trail, but at 12 at night, and they sounded otherworldly. Not a typical dog. I was told, and I will quote this text from the website, a paranormal database, Jumping Gray Thing Location, Birmingham, Icknield Street, Hawkley Type, Further comments, A couple in their car watched as a gray humanoid creature jumped across the road, kangaroo-like, Although seemingly gaining momentum by swinging its arms, the entity stopped in the road and looked at the car before turning and moving back into the grounds of a cemetery. This was correct and very scary given that the thing swung its arms and came out of nowhere. The trail is only a quarter of a mile from the cemetery in Hockley, Birmingham. I know that I will not be seeing that trail again for a long time to come. And ever since then, I've had a much more watchful eye when it comes to these things. You never know what could just appear in the blink of an eye. Number three, The Thing in the Field, submitted by Stephen. I live in a small village in the Scottish countryside, surrounded by fields and forests. There is a World War II memorial at the top of a massive hill that overlooks the entire village. There is a small band of trees with a path through them next to it, and as teenagers, we would gather there to drink and smoke and the like. One night at such a gathering with friends, there were about 15 of us, just chilling out and drinking, etc., I was sober as I had to work early in the morning, so I decided it was about time to go when it all went downhill. Somebody, let's call her Kay, was sitting on a bench overlooking the hill and fields when she gave a shout that somebody or something was coming. We all ran up to her to see what she was seeing in case it was cops or hopefully just other teens with the same idea but I froze in fear at the sight of what we saw coming up that hill. It must have been nine feet tall and moved like it was floating over the ground. It looked human in shape, but it was cloaked in a kind of blurry darkness. It was impossible to make out clearly. The speed at which it moved suggested it was someone on a 4x4 or dirt bike, but no engine noise could be heard it was completely silent, save for the crunching of crops as it made its way through the field. We were all petrified until someone shouted out toward the thing and the group broke for the trees to get back on the path away from what was approaching. Well, everyone except for me and a few other guys who thought it was just a prank, we continued to watch the thing. We saw it stop. It made these jerky movements and turned in a circle. Then unexpectedly, it let out a sharp noise that was a loud roar crossed with a scream and it leaped, yes, it leaped, about 15 feet forward and moved faster uphill than before. I booked it through the trees and down the other side of the hill, falling and rolling all the way to the bottom where everyone else had regrouped. They were screaming and shouting threats up to the pitch black peak of the hill. Then, complete silence fell over us, like even the insects and cars couldn't be heard anymore. All of a sudden, that same screaming roar rang out. The figure began scrambling towards us after launching itself from the trees. We all ran as fast as we could, and I even abandoned my girlfriend, now wife, as I just wanted to get away from this nightmare, and my animal instincts had just taken over. When I got home, I locked all my doors and turned every light on in the house. I didn't sleep until dawn. We never really saw the creature again, and we walk our dogs there every day and night, but sometimes I can still hear that scream ringing in the distance, coming from the trees and fields surrounding the village. I live in the suburbs of Budapest, Hungary, in a small town about 15 minutes from the city. They call it a town, but it's really more of an overgrown village. It has that feeling to it and all. Lighting at night is scarce, but, and this might be the source of my luck here, our street is pretty well lit. Now, let me tell you why I think this is lucky. A few days ago, I had to move out of my room and take refuge in the guest bedroom, so my room could be painted. The guest bedroom is small, almost claustrophobic, and it has one large window, through which I can see most of our neighbors' houses on the other side of the street. Our flat is on the first floor of the building, a nice two-flat house with a big garden, though it's mostly empty. My room's window looks directly onto the garden, but the guest bedroom faces the street, which enabled my experience. One night, as I was trying to sleep despite my insomnia, I started to hear something strange. It was a sort of pulsing sound, like someone turned on loud music at one of our neighbors. But this sound was weird. It followed no particular pattern or beat, and yet it felt strangely familiar. It wasn't until I realized it was getting louder and moving closer that it was the noise of something big walking down the street on two legs. Out of curiosity, I was already at my window bathing in the lamplight coming from outside when I spotted it. The creature was vaguely humanoid with smooth gray skin, a head devoid of facial features or any hair, and four arms, the second pair sprouting from the ribcage. It didn't look emaciated. It didn't appear emaciated, but I could still see its bones beneath the skin. In fact, it looked oddly muscular. And the most important bit, the thing was massive. We live on the first floor, and I was looking up from my bed through the window, but I still had to go closer to the window to get the whole view of it. The thing was at least 20 feet tall, possibly bigger. And there it was, walking down our road in the middle of the night, calmly, looking around with its eyeless face, stopping occasionally to take a peek inside the houses Then it would continue on its stroll. I wasn't scared at first. My first reaction was closer to "What in the world, but that quickly turned to fear as it turned my way. Somehow, its face without any features stared in my direction. Realizing I was still in the lamplight, I quickly retreated from the window and I watched from the shadows. The giant walked toward our house, took a good long look inside. It stood there for at least 10 minutes, seemingly scanning the house for something. I dared not move. It would see me, and God knows what it might've done. So I just stared, terrified at the monstrosity before me, its four arms dangling idly by its side as it looked at me with that featureless face. I stared at the thing for so long, the picture of it burned into my retina, and then it walked away. This happened not too long ago, and to be honest, I'm scared still because it will be night again soon. I can't hear the footsteps yet, and I haven't heard them since that night. But I know, I fear, one night, I'll wake up in my room to see it staring into my bedroom, looking at me. I'm afraid to go to sleep. I don't know if anyone else has seen it, and if they have, are you too afraid to talk about it I don't know where this creature came from or where it goes during the day, but I want it gone for good. Number five, Ohio River Creature, submitted by Jordan S. I live in the tri-state area of Kentucky, so naturally there's farmland all around. And the Ohio River is no more than a minute from my house. I grew up on my farm, so naturally I know the sounds, footprints, etc., of the local animals. But what I experienced on several occasions this February, it was no animal that I've ever experienced. Instead, it is something out of a nightmare. The first time I experienced this thing, it was a clear night a full moon so you can see everything in the night. Not that it mattered anyway since there's lights everywhere for the farm. I went outside to walk my dog. This night she decided to be stubborn and take much longer to get her business done. While I was walking around, I began to hear this sound and the best way I can describe it would be this organic warbling sort of noise. It was soft and far back so I didn't pay it much mind. A few minutes later, I hear the sound again. Now, it's much, much closer, almost as if it's in the horse lot that's behind our house now. I knew I wasn't the only one to hear it because right after it called this time, my dog lifted her head and looked around, and then it happened again. By then, I was sure it was getting closer. Soon after, it comes again, but this time it doesn't seem to have drawn closer, but it is getting more frequent. I decide not to wait any longer. I don't want to find out what it could possibly be, so I drag my dog inside. Two weeks later, it's been pouring rain all day one day, but we have a carport, so I'm able to take my dogs out under it. After the first one gets her business done, we go back inside. I put the leash on the second dog, a small puppy, and we hop outside once more. We walk around under the awning and look around. You can't even see past five feet. That's how bad it was pouring. And that's where the problem begins. I decided to look around, and my head gets to the backyard. I try to look through the heavy rain and how peaceful yet hazardous it was. But then, in the span of a few moments, I see this ashy white creature. It was at least six feet tall. It darts from my backyard to behind a tree in my yard. The only other physical detail I got at the moment was that it was hunched over. Its limbs were as thin and resembled tree branches, and it appeared to be hairless. Trying to be a sensible person, I did the right thing and hauled myself and my dog to the door. When I went inside, I tried to forget about what I saw. I told myself under my breath, there's no way that it was real. Maybe 10 minutes later, I began to hear something walking around under the carport. There was the crunching of gravel, footsteps on small pebbles. I continued to hear it for the next hour or so off and on. I dared not peek through the little window in my door. I was too scared to see what I'd see staring back at me, what I'd find standing there. The next day, I went outside. I went into the backyard, and I noticed impressions in the dirt, like footsteps. They were in a straight line headed right back into the trees in my backyard, but there were no further details on them due to the rain smoothing them out but I can't say they were large and deep enough for a foot to go into them. Happily for me, I've yet to see the thing again, but I can't help wondering what it was and if it's still there whenever I go outside. Is it waiting and watching where I can't see it? Number six, Werewolf in Hawaii. Submitted by Shy Butterscotch. I lived in a small town called Keala Kekua. It's on the big island, and I lived in a somewhat small neighborhood. I don't live there anymore because of family reasons, and we moved to California, but I may move back there one day if this doesn't stop me. Now I know what you're thinking. Hawaii? There's not much forest or woods there, really. That might be true for some places, but on the biggest island, there is what seems to be a forest-like place. I used to go to a charter school that had a forest next to it, and my class would explore it for fun. I really enjoyed going in there. We even had pretend workshops in the forests where we'd pretend to make food with leaves and ginger we found on the ground. Those were some good times, but on one day, that all changed. We were just having fun in our pretend workshops, and my pretend boss told me to find more ginger deeper in the woods, and I happily complied. I was five or six at the time, and you would think I had a wild imagination, right? I might've been a weird child, but anything I saw, I would 100% believe. Anyway, I was looking for gingers. I saw some near tall grass, when I approached, I began to hear growling. It sounded like a big and very aggressive dog. I was confused at the moment. There are no dogs here because there were no houses near the school. It began growling louder and louder. I walked toward it until I saw them, yellow glowing eyes staring right back at me. I was frozen in fear I couldn't even will myself to move or scream. It kept staring at me like it could see right through me. After a few seconds, the eyes went back into the tall grass and the growling faded. I started to move again and I was somewhat relieved, but I was still petrified. I snapped myself out of it and I grabbed the ginger from the ground and ran back to my teacher. When I hugged my teacher, I cried because I'd never been so scared before. I told her everything, but she just told me it was probably a stray dog and it somehow got to our school. I believed her and told myself that maybe she's right. My mind was probably playing tricks on me, but I would soon come to find that those eyes weren't just my imagination. The weekend came and I got out of school and I got some well-needed rest after that incident. I did tell my parents what I saw, but they said the same thing as my teacher. It was just a stray. Now I'm no normal girl that likes pink stuff and glitter. I always believed in the paranormal and spooky stuff. My dad let me watch horror movies with him since I was four. Even now at 16 years old, I love paranormal stuff, even though it scares me a bit. Anyway, one night when I was celebrating one of my dad's friend's children's birthdays, all my neighborhood friends came to play in the big backyard. We were playing soccer and the ball fell off the yard cliff. My house was built a certain way that it was along a cliff. When the ball fell off, I volunteered to climb down to get it. It rolled down deep into the forest next to the yard. It was in complete darkness You couldn't even see the trees down there. But I sucked up my fear and grabbed a flashlight. Then I climbed down the rock wall, hoping to be the hero amongst my friends. Once I got down there, I flicked the light on and searched for the soccer ball. I felt like I was being watched immediately. After a few minutes of searching, I found it lying next to a tree. I reached to grab it, and then, all of a sudden... I heard the same growl that I'd heard before. It was menacing and aggressive. I froze for a moment and searched with my flashlight to find where that noise came from. The growling got louder and louder until I heard it next to the soccer ball. I saw what appeared to be saliva dripping down onto the ball. I began to clamber backwards. My back was up against the rock wall, And then I saw the figure in the moonlight, a figure that stood on two legs like a man. But men don't have long, sharp, yellow nails like that. It was seven feet tall, with a face resembling a German Shepherd with menacingly sharp teeth dripping saliva. It had large hands with grotesque yellow talons coming from each finger. Its body was defined and muscular and the eyes were a bright yellow. They reminded me of that day when I saw those eyes in the tall grass. They were the exact same color. It fell onto its front hands and got onto all fours as if it was about to charge. I didn't know what to do. A million different things were going through my head and then I heard feet pounding toward me. I snapped out of it and tried to find a tree to climb. I jumped up the closest one and I made my way up until I felt a huge gash on my leg. It had managed to claw me. The pain surged through me sharply. I fell to the ground, crying and screaming. But I was soon surrounded by other footsteps coming my way. The adults were coming. The creature had disappeared. I was assuming it didn't want to be seen or captured, so it ran away, and I got lucky. When the adults found me, they were worried. They saw my leg, and they took me to the hospital. I was fine, I just needed a few stitches. All in all, I'm just thankful that so far, that was my last encounter with that creature. Number seven. Estonian Werewolf Sighting, submitted by Sander M. I live near Voru-Linn in a quiet village called Lusu in South Estonia. During the autumn, me and my mother went to pick mushrooms. We went deep into the Lusu forest. After a few hours of looking for and picking mushrooms, I said to my mother that I'm ready to go home. I started walking out of the forest, but then I stopped in my tracks. About 20 meters away from me, I heard rustling in the bushes. I looked ahead, feeling a little creeped out, and then about 10 meters from tree to tree, I saw a wolf walking. The part that scared me the most, though, was that the wolf was walking like a man. It didn't see me, so I snuck back to my mom. I knew that she wouldn't believe me, so I just said that I was scared after seeing a wild wolf. My mom agreed to go home with me later. Now, within the six seconds of that werewolf walking from tree to tree, I'd never felt more scared in my life. I felt that I could be prey, and I felt that way for four hours, waiting for my mother to finish until we walked home. Having grown up here, it's a bit of a sickening feeling to know that you're scared of your own backyard. Number eight, a camping scare, submitted by Star. When this event happened, I was about 10, so it must have been five years ago. Keep in mind that I didn't have the strongest bladder at the time. I was going camping with my uncle somewhere in Washington that was very close to the Canadian border. My uncle had his friends with him. They had three kids. Two were girls whom I played with during the camping trip and a boy whom my brother played with. I was the oldest of the group of children. That didn't bother me. Fast forward to nighttime and everyone was going to sleep. I went into my tent that I shared with my uncle and brother and we all went to bed. At around midnight, I woke up with a really bad urge to go to the bathroom. I whispered to my uncle to let him know what I was going to do and where I was going, but he just grunted and rolled over. Slowly and quietly, I opened the tent door. I had to go really bad. It was hard trying not to wake everyone up. After stepping out carefully, I heard a twig snap in the distance. I looked toward the sound, and to my horror, I saw these three weird hairless things. I wasn't sure what they were. Their eyes were like those that you would see in night vision goggles. They were really skinny, and they were crawling around on all fours. They had human hands and human feet, but they had claws at the end of them that were sharp. There were a few strands of random hair atop their heads. Scared beyond imagining, I ran back into the tent. And, well, I think you can understand why that sleeping bag wasn't clean afterwards. I don't believe I ever told my uncle about it because in the morning, I thought that I was just paranoid and hallucinated that night. But the thing is, I was a good kid. I never took any sort of substances or anything like that. There was no reason for me to hallucinate. I'm not sure what I saw, but I've never seen anything like it again. And to this day, I hope, dear God, I hope, that it was just my wild and vivid imagination. Number nine, The Thing Beneath the Streetlight. Submitted by Reese H. One night about four months ago, two of my close friends and I were hanging out. We were going around town in my truck, generally just living it up. At some point during the night, we ended up near my house. We live in a decent sized suburban town, so houses aren't too far apart. I don't live out in the sticks or anything like that. Where we were, near my house, there's a dead end road. It doesn't go very far, only a good block or so. The whole road is populated, with houses being a couple of hundred feet apart. Because of this, the dead end is illuminated by a couple of street lights. We were parked right at the mouth of the dead end, with our car facing down the road. Being bored teenagers, we decided to smoke a bowl. Me and one of my two friends I was with were experienced with this sort of stuff. It made us feel relaxed as usual and never once in the past have we hallucinated or seen or heard things. There's no doubt in my mind that the bowl had anything to do with it. After about 15 minutes of smoking, one of us noticed something odd under the street light down the way. For a moment, I got nervous as I thought it was one of the neighbors and I didn't want them to catch what we were doing. That anxiety, however, quickly turned to fear as we got a better look at what we were seeing. The thing we saw was much taller than a person. To be specific, it was two-thirds the height of the streetlight it was standing under. It was facing away from us. It had absurdly long legs and arms Though it stood on all fours, the arms were noticeably longer than the legs as the thing had a slight upward tilt toward the front of it. It looked completely hairless with beige skin being illuminated by the streetlight and it almost resembled a person. But imagine if a human were very, very skinny and their torso rather than being vertical was nearly horizontal. Also, Picture the torso being held up high by thin, skinny limbs. After a couple of seconds, which felt like minutes, one of my friends made a noise. I wouldn't say that it was a scream, but more of a loud, uncontrollable whimper. Of course, the windows of the car were open to air out the smoke, so the thing immediately heard his sound. Its legs and arms twisted just enough for its head to rear around its torso. Then it looked straight at us and I got a very good look at its face as I wasn't yet in fight or flight mode. Its eyes weren't pits per se but they definitely had something off about them. Its mouth hung open but I couldn't see much inside of it. Its nose didn't protrude like a human nose but rather looked like nostril slits in the face near where a nose would be. After about three seconds of eye contact with us, it began to move. It took two very exaggerated, yet somewhat speedy steps with its arms, turning itself in our direction. I didn't react. I was thrown into a sort of disbelieving trance. I'd heard stories of monster sightings and things on the internet before, but actually, seeing something like this in person had me questioning everything I ever knew. I won't say I wasn't scared, I was terrified, but the fear was vastly overshadowed with wonder because I wanted to know the origin of the thing I was seeing. My friend in the seat right next to me quickly snapped me out of my trance, screaming the word go in my ear while tugging at my arm. Without hesitation, I started the car and reversed out of there faster than I knew I could. None of us looked back as we were too scared. Needless to say, we didn't go anywhere near my house that night. Two months or so after the incident, about two months ago as I'm writing this, I brought it back up to one of my friends who was with us that night. We had never really talked about it, not even the night it happened, because we were just too creeped out and wanted the story and the thing as far away from us as possible. But I needed to know if what we saw was real. I couldn't spend any more time questioning myself about it. I proposed to the friend that he and I go into separate rooms and draw what we saw. We also texted the other friend who was there to do the same. Separately, we put three pictures together, and when we exchanged them, we were horrified. In the attached image, The one I drew was on the bottom. We all agree that it is the one that is closest to what the thing actually looked like. After it was verified that we all actually saw the same thing, I tried harder than ever to figure out what it was. I thought it resembled the rake as I'd heard from many creepypastas, but it was far taller than any description of the rake. Next, I thought maybe a wendigo. The story took place in Minnesota about 100 miles from Lake Superior, so I guess that counts as Wendigo territory. Also, for what it's worth, my dad recently took a DNA test proving that we are part Dakota Sioux and Ojibwe. The Ojibwe are one of the Algonquin people who have Wendigo as part of their folklore. Yet, I still haven't heard the description of one quite matching the height or limb length of the thing we saw. If this story gets any attention... Some ideas as to what it was I saw would be very valued and appreciated. Until then, I guess it's all going to be a mystery. And number 10, Mekong River, submitted by Chelsea T. Though many of you may not believe in dragons, In Asian cultures, these mythical creatures are as real as the soil beneath your feet. After all, these creatures are what took away my uncles and aunts. To start with, Asian dragons are a lot different than the dragons from European lore. Asian dragons are more serpentine and have small appendages. They are linked with bodies of water like rivers, lakes, and oceans. This story is about my mother and her siblings that died in the Mekong River. Her story begins near the end of the Vietnam War, when the United States began relocating the inhabitants of Laos. Her father was a general for the Laotian army, and because of this, they were one of the first families to be relocated. However, they were picking up her family in Thailand, meaning she had to traverse across the Mekong River before she had heard stories about the dragon that supposedly inhabited the river. The war had disturbed its slumber and it was angry, drowning anyone that would cross the river. Only those that gave an offering to the dragon of the river could pass safely, but her mother had no time for offerings and they crossed the river the following night. My mother and her seven siblings, as well as her parents, began to cross the river that night The water was murky and cold. Every so often, she could feel fish swimming against her feet. Then, my mother felt a sharp pain and was knocked down, submerged underwater and gasping for air. She quickly regained her footing, then stood up to see that she was hurt. The water around her quickly turned red, and our family began to run across the river. Her second eldest brother, Fang was swept away by the dragon as he was pulled downstream into the depth. Her sister was then pulled underwater as she called out for help. My mother quickly made it to the shore and she and her mother pulled her remaining sibling onto the shores of Thailand. Out of the seven of them, only three made it out alive. Her eldest brother claimed to have seen the dragon He said it looked like a giant snake with crocodile legs and rows of teeth. This is just one of her many stories involving the supernatural and weird creatures that inhabit Laos. It is a country the outside world doesn't look at too closely. Maybe it's because our government knows that the creatures there aren't normal. I would love for someone to explore and document their findings in the country filled with mysteries. As for my mother... She still has the scar on her lower right leg reminding her of how real the dragon of the Mekong River is. As you can see, the boogeyman is real and he comes in all sorts of shapes and sizes. All the more fun to chew on you and devour you one piece at a time. Whether you're camping in the woods or you're enjoying the comfort and warmth of your room, you're never truly far away from the monsters of this world. At one time or another, we all eventually become prey. Question is, what's going to be hunting you soon? Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget to send me your scary stories from Russia at darknessprevails.org slash submit and download my app for free at darknessprevails.org/app where you can submit stories on the go watch all my videos and read thousands of submitted stories from people like you all in one place oh and if you could please leave a review an honest one it helps get the word out now as usual here are my 5 favorite early comments from the previous video on 10 online gaming scary stories Amar original says my PUBG career is over if it's anything like me it was over before it even started unicorn man says those are some good looking chickens in your backyard considering i don't have chickens that's probably my fat chihuahua sugar who does look like a mother hen laying eggs when she's sleeping delta says question what does darkness play currently monster hunter world on ps4 as well as Planetside 2 on my PC. Though I don't find a lot of time to play games these days, there's just too many scary stories left to read. Fire Shard 2 says, wanna go and take a ride on my Wii? I had to read this one because in my head when I read it, it sounded like Waluigi. You wanna go take a ride on my WAAA? Okay, I'll stop cringing now. And Anonymous Brother says, Pineapple, or apple? Here's my answer. Steak, ribs, and maybe some onion rings. That's what I like. Anyway, thank you all so much for supporting my channel. By watching, getting merchandise at morbidmonsters.com or donating at patreon.com slash darknessprevails. Speaking of which, here are the credits to all those who are donating at this moment. As always guys, stay safe out there and stay creepy.